You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome, everyone, to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my usual co-hosts, Jimmy and Dylan. But we have a special guest today making his yearly appearance on the show, Chris Peters of Daily Faceoff. How's it going, Chris? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Yeah, so um, how, how have you been this past uh, past year or so? Since we last uh, busy, I guess. You know, just uh, <laughs> a lot of different jobs, a lot of different things to go on. It's been a weird year. You know, we're still not quite back to normal in the in the prospect world in terms of you know the way things have kind of gone uh with covid and things like that so you know we had didn't have a world juniors uh we'll have it in in august but aside from that yeah it's been good been been good to be with uh daily face off this year um and uh yeah i mean it's it's been a it's been a a fun fun year after being on my own last season um and uh yeah it's just it's it's been good I was going to Germany for the world under 18s. Well, it's one of my favorite events. Um, and so it's it was good to be there. That was my eighth world under 18s that I've been to. Um, I'm, I think going back to when I used to work for, for USA Hockey. And so, um, you know, I think it was really important for me because, you know, I hadn't seen so many of the European players live to that point. You know, there were a few guys that were at the world under 18s last year. Um, but to be able to go to Germany and, and, you know, I stayed in Munich, the, the two, uh, the two, um, host cities were basically, you know, an hour outside of Munich in either direction. So, uh, it was fun to be able to make Munich the base of operations. So yeah, it was fun, fun to, you know, great for work purposes, but also fun, uh, off the ice as well, just because, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with Germany. Yeah, we actually have a friend, a listener of the show who lives in Germany. I think she got to catch a couple of the games. So, Oh, very yeah. good. Um, so we're going to get uh, into the questions. Unfortunately, Schmidty won't be able to join because of his internet, but <laughs> we'll uh, go on with the questions here. So we got you kind of at a perfect time because last week you dropped your top 100 rankings. Um, how long did that take you to, to get to that, to do that? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's basically the whole year, you know, I mean, yeah. it's the year long process in terms of, you know, evaluating players and there's way more work that 
you know, ends up not showing up on the page essentially when you do that. Um, you know, you have to, to see a lot of games. You have to watch a lot of video. Um, you have to go to a, a number of events and I was lucky enough this year to be able to go to an, a number of things, um, you know, and would have gone to the world juniors, uh, but pulled the plug on that one. Once we realized that the, the, the Omicron variant was ripping through Alberta pretty good there. Um, and then oh, obviously yeah. we ended up uh, seeing that go away. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, I would say that, you know, in terms of the actual, when you finally get down to it and you start writing, I mean, it'll take a few days to, to really write the whole thing, make sure it's, it's right. You know, usually about a week plus of actual writing and editing and everything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in, in terms of ordering the players, I changed the order, like right up until the last minute, essentially like the night before I'm, I'm moving guys here and there. And it's, you know, just, it's usually, I think that just happens in the, over the course of the draft. You're just like, you know, I, I get a feeling like, Oh, well this guy, you know, I, I you, you try to be as methodical as you can, but sometimes you just got to go with your gut on some of those decisions. And, um, you know, there are a few, few guys where you're debating right up until the last minute. And, um, I don't think I've ever spent more time in a single season on, you know, the top three picks um, than I did this year, just in terms of who's, who's, who's it going to be? What order are they going to be in? Um, it was the busiest I've ever been in trying to determine that. Yeah. So right off the bat, you can see on the list that uh, you've gone maybe a little bit against the grain and you have Logan Cooley at number one instead of Shane Wright. And even like someone like Corey Proman put Yaroslavkovsky at number one. So, what was your thought process behind putting Logan Cooley at number one? Because I my my because I actually think he's a good chance for like to be the number one upside player in this draft because he's got again the upside and like the 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 creativity and flashes game. And I'm just wondering if that was your thinking or if you had another thought process behind that. Yeah. So my main thought thought process was that this is a year where we didn't really have anybody that had played the way that you would expect the number one pick to play like production wise, you know, all the different things, none of them really produced at a level that was comparable to that of the last several um, top picks. I mean, you know, years where defensemen went number one, it was a little different, um, but you're not judging them on points as much as you are on uh, as forwards and, and forwards, obviously the points aren't everything. And I think you kind of hit it on the head there with um, basically Logan Cooley being, the highest upside player. I think he has the highest ceiling um, of those three players, Slavkovsky and Wright. Um, you know, I think Shane Wright's been very good, but it, his progression hasn't been amazing year over year. Um, he did miss all of last season, which I th- I'm sure factored into the way that he played this year. Um, but, you know, I think you look at him and you say, well, if, if we, if we look at his points per game average, you know, he'd be, uh, you know, the lowest of, of number one picks out of the OHL of which there have been several, uh, going all the way back to Rick Nash. And, um, you know, the same thing, though, for, for Slavkovsky. didn't have the great numbers um, like you would expect. And then Logan Cooley pl- had pretty good numbers, but they weren't earth-shattering by any stretch of the imagination. But you look at the speed, the skill, um, the the explosiveness, the competitiveness that he plays with. I just think he plays the game fast. I think he plays it effectively. And when I looked at it, I said, you know, which of these three players has the big, best chance to be a star in this league? Um, and I think it's Logan Cooley, even though I, you know, I would say that Shane Wright's the safe bet. Um, but Logan Cooley is the the guy that I think just has more upside. And kind of uh, to transition to the next question that we have here, 
Um, I think the presumptive first overall pick is still going to be Shane Wright. I'd just be very shocked because, again, that's a safe pick, and I'd just be very yep. shocked. You're in Montreal. You got the first overall pick. I just don't see the Canadians going with Cooley or even Slavkovsky. So, uh, again, I'm going to hand it over to Jimmy here. Oh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, definitely uh, curious when it goes on past the first pick. You know, it would be a huge surprise, of course. Yeah, if Montreal goes anywhere else. But what do you see this uh, for the Devils at number two? How do you see this from their perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think from them for them, it's it's kind of interesting because you've got Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes as your you know your one two down the middle for now, and um, you know do you, you know I think both Wright and and Cooley are going to be centers at the next level. Um, you know, in, in the case of of Cooley, you know, he, and really even Wright too, because he's he's six foot even essentially, so it's not like he's towering. He's he's certainly um, bigger than Cooley is, but you know, uh, that kind of just, it just seems a little bit redundant to me. So I think if you're the devils, you, you can go a number of different ways. I think they're in such a good position to be at number two, because you can potentially trade back if you wanted to, um, you know, you could get some more assets and still get a, a, an impact player if you're able to stay within the top 10. Um, or, you know, I think that the most likely scenario is that they draft Slavkovsky and, and have that top tier winger to go along with those top two centers. They already have Alex, Alexander Holtz in their system, um, you know, and and you move on from him and you get a chance to, uh, um, yeah, you know, j- just uh, or not move on from him, but you get to add to 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 that and have a little bit more solid of a top six. You know, there's also the chance that they could go with one of the defensemen as well. You know, they got a couple right shot guys. They got some really good left shot guys um, uh, in there. You know, Luke Hughes, left shot, uh, really good player in their system. They took him number four last year. You know, do you go David Juracek or Simon Nemich? I, I still think they'll go with one of the forwards. Just for me personally, there's a gap between the, the three forwards and everybody else, and I think that's true of most teams. Um, it wouldn't, like, outright shock me if they decided to draft Cooley um, just because of the upside that's there and the 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 fact that, you know, he doesn't have to be a center and, it you know, Nico Heischer is not going to be there forever probably. You know, um, Jack Hughes probably will be there for a long time. He's not the kind of guy that you would want to give up. Um, and really he sure isn't either at this point, but still, you know, if you have a chance, if you find something better, you have a guy that you think will be a better top six center, but I, I don't know how many teams would want to have their, their number one and number two center be, you know, sub six foot guys. So, um, that's the other thing that you ha- kind of have to consider, but, you know, I think that that Slavkoski gives them a chance to get bigger up front, but I, I, I wouldn't outright, you know, rule out that they would, would trade the pick. Um, it's certainly a possibility. So yeah, we've kind of talked about the the top end of the draft. Um, who are some uh, uh, potential sleeper picks? Because as Blackhawks fans, we obviously we don't have a first round pick this year that went to Columbus. We could go on uh, on about that forever and ever. But uh, the truth is, you can still find, of course, decent players in the second round. Like they found Elks to bring it back in 2016, 39th overall. Not necessarily saying you're going to get that level of talent because that's just so hard to find, but you can still find guys that are like second liners or second pairing defensemen in the future. And I wonder what are some of the, the prospects that kind of feel, fit that bill? Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily sleepers so much as it is, you know, guys that are, are, are good, good players in that range. Um, you know, I think in that, that earlier first round pick uh, or second round pick rather they, you know, there's, there's a number of quality players that you can kind of get in that range. Like 
guys like Danny Jilkin from Guelph, who's got some skill and some 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 uh, you know good good energy that he plays with. Uh, Reed Schaefer from the Seattle Thunderbirds, who probably has trended into the first round and may not be available, but he's a guy that I've kind of looked at as as a potential Hawks pick because he's you know he's basically got some top six upside to him. Um, scores a lot of goals, plays the game hard, has a, you know, his, his stride is a little bit heavier, which I think is a concern. Um, but you know, that could be interesting nonetheless. Um, you know, if you look at some of the, some of the defensemen that could be available, you got a guy like Matthias Havlid or Seamus Casey, you know, two really good skating defensemen that have offensive upside. I'd say Havlid is a little bit more offensively gifted and skilled than Casey is, but Casey's a, a really great skater. Um, you know, there's also Jack Hughes from Northeastern, who I think is one of those guys that's kind of flown under the radar. Um, he's different, obviously not, not the Jack Hughes, uh, of the New Jersey (laughs) devils, but you know, the thing about Jack Hughes, the, 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 uh, 2.0 or 1.5 or whatever we're going to call him. Um, (laughs) he is, uh, he is really, really skilled and crafty. Um, he's not a big guy. Uh, but you know, he's, he's good, big enough. He, he needs to get stronger, but he's a really crafty forward. And I think in the, you know, you get, he's one of those guys that I think if you pick him in the second round, you still get kind of some first round upside into him. Um, it's just that he hasn't really, these last two seasons haven't gone that well for him. He was at one point, one of the top forwards in his birth year, and it just hasn't progressed. And that's a reason that he's in the second round range for me. But, you know, those are guys, you know, those are just a number of the names that you can kind of expect in that second round range that could be there, um, you know, that I think will still be worthwhile and and could give you some really good value. So it's it's not easy uh, to to find those guys. Obviously, you know, Alex Debrinkit falling there, Brandon Saad falling in the second round a few years back, a few more years back, you know, like. there is value to be had um but yeah you're you're often looking at guys that fell for one reason or another um and and you just kind of wait and see what's there and you try to you try to make the best pick that you can with with the with the work that you did all year yeah and the biggest thing with the blackhawks is they have essentially no like high-end forward prospects after lucas reichel and they desperately need that high-end skill going forward and I kind of want to loop this into the next question because I still every time when I think about the Blackhawks last year draft I remember we were doing like a live stream for the podcast and it was the 32nd pick and I heard from the WHL and one of the players I was like banging my my fist on the table for for them to draft was Logan Stankoven and then I hear Nolan Allen and I'm like oh what I've never really heard of this guy and I'm just I was just completely underwhelmed by the Blackhawks draft last year with them going with pretty much low event players like Colton Dock, from what I heard, had a decent year in the CHL. And Ethan Dalmastro, I've heard great things about him, but just other than that, even Jay and Lupin won the uh the WHL championship with the Oil Kings, but it's just they there was even like other guys that fell like Logan Stankovens is one of them. Aturatu had a great year in Finland. And I just, I'm wondering what your thoughts were on that class. Cause I was not a huge fan. Cause I, I, I'm always someone who thinks he should swing for upside and they just went for so many low event players. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was a very good draft, but you're, you're never going to be in a great position when you have um, that, you know, and it's, it's funny. I, I talked to um, a, a few guys cause when, when the draft happened, the world junior summer showcase was starting. So I was actually there um, while that was going on. So there were a ton of scouts there and I kind of flamed the Nolan Allen pick 
Um, I think, and I, and I heard, yeah, you know, and I heard about it from them and I was just like, like, you know, I stuck to my guns on it too. I was just like, he's a really good, he's a really good physical defenseman. He might turn into something. I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that's the kind of player you're t- taking the first round. I had Logan Stankovin as a, as a, as a guy that was, was a first round pick. And we should mention though that Nolan Allen had a really good year this year. He played extremely well. His point totals was up. Um, he still ha- is just he hits everything. Um, I think he's going to be an NHL player. You know, and, and at 32, you're mainly just hoping that you get an NHL player at that point. Like you're not, but but yeah, you leave a lot of upside on the table. And I think you know one of the things that I know a lot of Blackhawks fans were 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 just so gung-ho about you know not necessarily you guys but just the 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 people that i would hear from was getting size getting bigger getting you know not drafting small skill guys not you know trying to um you know follow like the maple leafs draft model or anything like that and you know they they went and obviously didn't draft didn't draft for for skill they went for some of those bigger players and yeah, but I mean, it, it happens and, well, you know, time will tell with that draft class. It's still way too early to judge them. This is really, you think back on, you know, the WHL guys only had 20 some games last year, 20 max of 24, 25 games last season. Um, and so now they're, you know, they had a full season this year. We got a better idea on a lot of guys. Stankovin had, you know, <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys where a lot of teams are going to say, did, what, what did we miss there? Um you know, because he was so good. And what they missed was that he's not big, you know, he's not big, but the, how much does that matter essentially in the end? Because yeah. um, I think Dallas, Dallas, you look at Dallas's draft. I thought they were nuts to take Wyatt Johnson as early as they did because yeah. he was, he just hadn't played all season and you were drafting him off of two years prior and, and how much was he going to progress? And he was the best player in the OHL this year. And so, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, wow. And then so they got him and they got Stankovin. So it's like, oh, my gosh, what did they do? I'm um, pretty they, sure they, they had – I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they had three of the the, the leading scores in, like, each of the CHO leagues. Like, Maverick Bork was up there yes. in the CHL, then yeah. Wyatt Johnson and Logan, and Logan Stankovin. Yeah, and of course, so that's – Aaron that's Bell's an awesome that. draft. Now, yeah. you know, don't the the one thing that I'll say that I I have learned over the years is don't take a victory lap based on junior production. You know, like that's the thing. Yeah. Like you have to wait and see. There, a lot can change. Um, there have been a lot of guys where I got excited. I was like, oh, I was right. He had a big year in the o- OHL, and then it's like, wow, he's still not on the NHL roster. Like three years later, you know. <laughs> so I think for those guys, it's a little different. Stankovin might take longer than Johnson, but um, but yeah, but I mean that's. And last year was a weird year. It was just a weird year to draft. You know, it's it's. I think this year it's going to be the same thing. And next year we'll finally, I think, we'll be back to as close to normal as we possibly can be, um, you know, given the circumstances. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting there. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, nothing against Nolan Allen. I really hope he pans out. But that's more on, like, the, the scouting department. And, again, like, looking at Logan Stankoven having the year that he had, it, it really burns. He's going to be playing in Dallas. But also there's still, like, they're not fully developed. Like Nolan Allen could be at an everyday regular NHL player. And I, I think Logan Stankoven's going to make it, but at least yeah. you can walk away with uh, a player in that draft. But it does, it, it, it certainly stings a little seeing what uh, Logan Stankoven's done, especially when they could have drafted them. But um, anyways, uh, moving on to the next question here. Um, Shmini, I'll let, or Shmini, Jimmy, I'll let you ask this one. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, you know, young forward, uh, young short uh, winger, Joachim Kamal of Finland. He's been a bit uh, polarizing with scouts. Um, you know, obviously, this guy's we're looking more towards the uh, earlier first round again. Um, yeah, Chris, I'm curious, where do you have him on your list, and what do you think about him yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think Kamal is one of the best players there is um, in the draft. You know, I, I had him, he, he's moved around my board a fair amount. I had him eighth um, for this draft. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing about him is that he had such incredible production. You look at his production versus Yuri Slavkovsky's, and it's not close. They played in the same league, and and Kamal's numbers were so much better than his. Um, and still, you know, he battled injury towards the second half of the season. Um, interestingly enough, like, you know, he, he measured at the combine at like five, nine and all season long, we had been like, he was like five eleven six foot, like where he was listed. Oh. And, and it's like, <laughs> that's a big difference, you know, like that's yeah. a, in, in hockey oh, terms, that's geez. a pretty big difference. But the reason I like him is I think he can skate. He's got great offensive sense. He's a goal scorer. He has a goal scorer shot. You know, he, he can, can drive play a little bit from the wing, um, and, you know, I think that he's got a, a chance to be a real special player down the road. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of games that I've watched him this year where I'm, I'm left wanting a little bit more. You know, you, you know that the skill is there. You you see it and you say, OK, I'd like him to be a little bit smarter here, a little bit more impactful there. Um, but be, but aside from that, I think, you know, when you're looking at this draft, it's not an amazing draft. So you want to try and stockpile as much skill as you can. And he's a guy that I think could very much uh be be in that mix to to be a star from this class um you know 23 points in 39 league games this year 15 goals it's pretty good numbers for for a young guy and um you know had he played the whole season that would have been interesting to see kind of what happened but he he kind of got derailed a little bit in the middle of the year and then he had a really strong under 18 so um but yeah he's he's definitely one of those guys that we should see go in the top 10 for sure and kind of to to, to that question, I, you know, there really there's isn't that huge of like a consent from what I've seen, like a huge like consensus on Joaquin Kamel. And I think this is even a bigger case for his former teammate, Brad Lambert, who was probably the most divisive, polarizing prospect of the draft. And I'm wondering where you're at with him right now. Yeah, he's he's been it's been tough for me um, with him, too. I, you know, I put him 25th on my board. Um, that's probably as low as he is anywhere. Um, and. You know, I, I think the problem is I. you look at the skill and you watch him one minute and you say, oh, this guy's a, a, an elite talent. There's so much there. And then you, you keep watching him and you're just like, why isn't anything happening? Um, you know, why why is he not producing? Why is he not making more plays? Why is it? That's the thing that, that, that concerns me. And this has been basically two full years of that. Um, he, he hasn't, met, you know, I don't think he's plateaued because he's still very young and he's and he's got a chance to to get better. But you know he hasn't gotten better in pro hockey. You know he hasn't produced at a higher level. Um, he's on his third team in three years, which is often a red flag because you know they're trying to find the best place for him to succeed, and he's getting the same results wherever he's been. Um, that's a that's a huge disappointment. I think um, you know he's too old. He's a, he's a later birth date, so he's too old for the under eighteen worlds to try and boost his his stock. Um, but you know, he, he moved to, um, to Lati, which is his hometown club and still had four points in 25 games. You know, it's just, it's simply 10 points in 40, 49 games is not going to cut it. Um, for a guy that plays the way he, way he does. I mean, he's, he is the best skater in this draft 
he is one of the most electrifying skill players. Um, but nothing, not enough happens with it. And I, I, and that makes me worry about competitiveness, hockey sense, um, you know, just will and, and drive. I think those are the things that are missing. And there are, there are a number of scouts that I talked to when I was at in Germany for the world in their 18s. I'm asking Finnish scouts, what do you think? It's like first round skill. I don't know if I'd even draft him. Like, I was like, okay, all right. Well, that's, that's a bit um, shocking. But I think the only reason that I have him in the first round this year is because this class isn't that great. You know, like it's just, there's just not enough players that I think were like, oh, they have this tool or that tool, or they had that production that allowed me to put them ahead of Brad Lambert. So that's what happens in the end is that you say, wow, well, if, if he puts it all together, this is going to look good down the road. But we don't know if he's going to put it all together because over the last couple of years, he hasn't. And in fact, he's gone backwards. So that's that's a big concern going forward here. Do you think he goes in, in day one of the draft or do you think there's a chance that he could sn- that he could fall into the second day of the draft? I think there's I think he'll go in the first day. There are too many teams that, you know, have multiple picks that would be willing to take a swing on that skill. Um and also, I think he's committed to, you know, if, if, if the team wants him to come to North America next year, he will. Um, and, you know, that very well could mean playing in the WHL for, you know, and I think and that may happen because he needs to get his confidence back. And I think if he did go play in the WHL, he'd torch it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's just so much that we've seen over this last two years where it's just there needs to be more. There needs to be more. Gotcha. So, Jimmy, I don't know if you have anything else to ask or we can get into the Twitter questions here. Time for Twitter questions, I'd say. All right. Um, so the first uh, question is from our friend Wally here. Um, seeing as Kyle Davidson has said he wants to build the Blackhawks around speed and being hard to play against, who are some players in this year's draft that fit, fit that bill? Uh, speed and hard to play against. Well, that's the thing. There are so many incomplete guys you know like guys that are just like i'm just waiting to see more from them um you know i think one guy that that stands out to me is philip bestet from uh from uh sweden he's big he's fast uh six foot four with with wheels you know like he can really skate um i think there's a chance he could go in the first round i have him 44th because i think there's i have a few concerns about hockey sense but you know if you're talking about quickness and um size and all those things i think he could be there um another guy that kind of fits that that hard that 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 hardness that they are looking for topi ronnie um who is uh plays for tapara's u20 team he'll be on the pro team next year he's a hard-nosed center plays two-way game you know he's got good skill and tight skates well enough i wouldn't say that the speed is necessarily his his best attribute but it's 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 in that mix um you know uh let's see i think uh, Paul Paul Ludwinski, who plays for uh, uh, Kingston, who played a lot with Shane Wright this year. I wouldn't necessarily say he's hard, but he's got good quickness. He's slippery. He can get through. Um, you know, he he's that that makes him a little bit harder to play against. Um, I think Callio Delius, uh, great skater, one of the best skating defensemen. Um, you know, I just don't think there's a ton of offensive skill there. I, he he has he shows flashes of it. You're just not seeing the necessarily that he's going to be like a superstar producer but his skating and you know he's he plays hard he's good defensively that could be a guy that that kind of fits that mold um 
Let's see. I'm trying to think of who else. Some other guys. Like one guy that I really like that plays a good two-way game, Adam Sikora from uh, from Slovakia. He is not big, but he's quick, and he he plays both ends really well. Played on the same team as Simon Nemec this year, and made the the Slovakian national team. Um, you know, so those are those are a number of guys that I think could very well be um, kind of in that mold at least. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say I'd say that's a good a good place to start. Gotcha. All right, so our next question here is from Vish, uh, and he's curious who your ultimate sleeper would be, and he's he says he's talking fourth round and uh, and on from there. Sorry, say that one more time. Oh no, sure thing. Um, he's curious who your sleeper would be, like ultimate sleeper past the fourth round. Um, I think probably my ultimate sleeper past the fourth round is a guy that is a second year draft eligible who I think has tremendous upside and very well could make it down the road. If you don't sign, if you don't draft him now, you'll just be trying to sign him as a college free agent later. And that's uh, Kenny Connors for who played for the Dubuque fighting saints this year. He's was basically their number one center. I think he's a pretty good skater. I think he plays the game real hard. He kind of fits that mold that we just talked about where you know, he plays, plays a hard style. Um, he is uh, headed to UMass next season. UMass has obviously been very good at producing pro talent lately. Got 56 points in 61 games last season. Six foot one, 190. Um, you know, he's he's a really interesting player and and a guy that I think plays a two way game um, and could be a driver. So that's a guy that I would look at. Um, he was he did make my top 100. So you know, like that's me saying I think there's a chance that he goes in those first three rounds, but I think it's unlikely. He was not listed by Central Scouting on their final final um, ranking, so there are plenty of guys over the years that have been picked that that weren't on Central Scouting's list, and I think he's going to be one of them because he had 18 points in 50 USHL games last year, 56 and 61 this year, and just looked like a guy that could be in the NHL, uh, you know, three four years down the line. All right, awesome. Um, kind of we have one more question. Oh yeah, you go. Oh, I forgot. You yeah, want to get to that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. 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 Well, uh, um, I'm just gonna ask the first one here. Uh, comes from uh, at, I'm gonna, I can't even say his name. Reese Johnson fan um, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, are there any? Uh, well, he he words it this way. Are there any highly rated prospects in this draft that you believe uh, will be busts? Ooh. Um, I mean, I think, I think there's a chance that Brad Lambert is that guy. You know, I, I definitely worry about him. He's a guy I put in the first round because, you know, I, I felt pretty, you know, pretty strong that there just wasn't anybody out there with, uh, um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I just, yeah, he's, it's, it's tough to say, like, I, but I think like, he's one of those guys where like the skills are there. He looks like he should be a thing. And you just like, I, I don't know if he's going to be, um, I don't know if he has the detail. I don't know if he has the the commitment. I don't know if, you know, th- that's just a number of things that are there. Um, so he's a guy that still remains very highly ranked, but you know, for me is 25th and that's more of an indication of the skill is there, but I just, I, I don't believe in the player enough to, to, you know, very strongly place him any higher than that. Gotcha, gotcha. So I have two last questions here. Uh, sure. The first one being, uh, 
What do you think the Blackhawks should do at this draft? Because they do have two first-round picks in 2023. They're not going to be good next year. It's very likely they'll be dropping a, drafting at least inside the top 10, and then they have the two first-round picks in 2024. So what would you do if you were in uh, Kyle Davidson's shoes? Would you just draft a bunch of guys who you think are going to make the NHL just and wait for that high impact next year, or do you start refilling, try to t- – take a lot of skill with the second round picks and third round picks because there's such like a, a lack of it in the Blackhawks system right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely, you, you go for the highest upside you can get, you make your list and you, you look at the guys that'll, that'll be there you that you hope are there. Um, and, and you just have to hope that your list looks, you know, maybe you'll get a guy that is in your top 32 um, where you're picking odds are you will um, just because every team builds their boards differently the Blackhawks are under a new regime this year in scouting Mark Kelly, not running the draft for the first time. And, you know, a long, long time. Um, you know, I think Mike Donaghy, the guy that is going to be running central scout or central scouting, the Blackhawks amateur scouting um, is a really smart guy and is, uh, you know, has his ideas. And I think there's going to be some, some very, some, some distinct differences to how they do things. There's definitely going to be, um, you know, a, a desire to find those skilled players. I know that, you know, just from knowing Mike, he knows that he feels very strongly that they're gonna, there's going to be players in that in that second round that they're going to be able to, um, to make an impact. You know, make find some impact prospects even in this draft where it's not as great because you know you might have some guys where beauty is in the eye of the beholder and you you just like them way better than everybody else. You might be right, you might be wrong too. You just that's the way it goes, but. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I would focus on making the picks, not doing anything too fancy with trading up, trading down, anything like that. Like, I don't think it's this year. Just don't think the value is worth trading up. You can still find guys in that second round range that are probably, you know, as good or, or, or close to the guys that you find 25 on in the draft um, in the, you know, from from higher up in the draft. So, you know, it just, yeah, make the best picks that you can based on the on the picks that you do have and and go from there. Well, it's kind of good to hear about the about uh, about Mike Donahue here because I don't really know much about him. We don't really even know much what what Kyle Davidson is going to do. So it, this is kind of why we brought you on to sell us on a little, little bit of hope here because it's looking pretty bleak. But um, yeah, yeah. The last question I have here is: What is your hot take for the upcoming draft? Whether it's uh, stuff you've heard off from scouts or just your own personal feeling. Mm. Wow. Um, hmm. I mean, I think, you know, if, if, if you ask me to take the top three picks, the guys that I have in my first three, so Cooley, Wright, and Slavkovsky, if you gave me the choice between picking them as being the best player in the draft or the field, I would take the field. <laughs> so, um, which is not really that much of a hot take because yeah. when you really think about it, how often is the number one pick the best player from the draft? Often, yes. Like, you know, like McKinnon, but then there have been years where it's RNH and it's uh, Nail Yakupov. And, you know, you could say that maybe Rasmus Dahlin isn't going to be the best from his draft class. You can say for sure that Nico Heischer is not the best player from his, his draft class. So that's, I think that there's a strong likelihood just because of how weird this draft has been. I feel strongly that the the player with the highest potential to be a star in this draft is Logan Cooley. Um, but I think if you if you were to say give me the rest of the entire draft class as as 
against the top three guys, I would take that class. I mean, the odds are in my favor that way because there are obviously a lot more players. But normally in a draft, those first three picks, there is a significant difference between them and the next wave. Um, and this year, I'm just not so sure, certain that it, that will be the case. It probably will be next year, I think. I would hope so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Um, Jimmy, I don't know if you have anything else to ask so we can wrap this up. No, I think we're good to go. Yeah. So I say this, I think I say this every time you come on or even just like people who uh, scout prospects in general, they just know, know their shit. Like, I don't know how else to put it. So it's, always, it's always good to That's, have yeah. you on and just hear you talk. That's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. <laughs> Aren't we all trying to know our shit, Pierce? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, thank you for coming on, Chris. I I have to ask: Are you coming to the Montreal draft, or do you know that yet? I am not going to be there. Because uh, yeah. we're we're actually going to be there. We actually um, we've like booked everything. We got tickets for the second day of the draft. I remember like the first day tickets sold out so quickly, but um, <laughs> Schmini was able to get us some tickets. So we're now we're going to both days of the draft. Oh, well, so awesome! Yeah, I, I, I'm, bummed I'm, yeah, I'm bummed to not go. Yeah, I'm bummed to not go. I just. Timing didn't work out. I'm, I'm going to be switching jobs pretty soon here. And so it's just, I'll be kind of in limbo for a little bit there. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you guys are going to love it. It's, it's a great experience. Oh, it, it goes crazy. Um, you'll see a lot of great people that you follow on Twitter and stuff like that. And, <laughs> yeah, we already you know, got, feel free. Yeah. Fun. Feel free to introduce yourself to them. It's a great group of people out there. A lot of the writers mm-hmm. and, and obviously the scouts and, and everybody else, there's a lot of really nice people that uh, that you'll come across around draft time. So it's a great, great opportunity for you guys to be there. And I hope you have a great time. Thank oh, yeah. We already much, got uh, some like interviews planned. Like I can't say who just yet, but uh, some pretty big names. Um, and also, I can't wait to hear Gary Bettman boo, not only boo Gary Bettman, but hear him <laughs> say, I have a trade to announce. Very yeah. Much so. Well, yeah. It's there have been some good moments from that too. So yeah, enjoy it all, boys. It'll be, uh, it'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Thank you very much, man. Oh, Seriously, you, it's uh, yeah, thank great you having you on again. What was it? You said, Pierce, it's like a, it's, a, it's an annual holiday. We have yeah. a first Peter's Day here on the PJ's cast. Now we have yeah. to. It's well, three years it's, in it's a my, row. Yeah, it's my, my pleasure to do it. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Take care.